Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you from the Detroit Drunk Gossip Studios. And that's a really weird way to say that. Like, my my brain is tripping right now. Like, ooh, what did you just do? Mm-mm, girl. No. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so I'm coming to you from Detroit. Um, and we've talked about the Taylor Swift drama. But there's a lot of offshoots of the Taylor Swift drama that are occurring right now. One of which is... Um, coming from Todrick Hall. Um, Todrick, uh, I don't want to say he's very famous, but he's very popular. Um, especially within the gay community. Uh, and he, he makes songs that really resonate with, with people. And I, I'm trying to think of ways to say this because it's, it's not like he's a superstar like Taylor Swift or Demi Lovato or Justin Bieber. But I think that's only because... He, I don't think he set out to be. I think he, he's achieved exactly what he wanted to achieve. Uh, which is a wonderful thing. When you, when you actually get to that point in your career where you are where you want to be. I think that's beautiful. Um, but, uh, so during the whole Taylor Swift, um, drama about who owns her, her masters, which is Scooter Braun, Todrick stepped up and, um, Todrick stepped up. And um, defended Taylor Swift. In a tweet, here's what he said. For those asking, I left Scooter Braun a long time ago. I am saddened by this news, but not shocked. He is an evil person whose only concern is his wealth and feeding his disgusting ego. I believe he is homophobic, and I know from his own mouth that he is not a Swift fan. Allison K. Scorinzi then try to turn the whole conversation around and say, mm, no, Todrick, we dumped you. You didn't dump us. It's the equivalent of an ex-boyfriend who keeps coming around begging and begging and begging for another chance, even though he knows you're not going to give him one. So Allison claimed that um, during Todrick's Christmas tour, um, Scooter found out that he was stealing material and um, decided to leave him. Todrick was like, oh, no, bitch, and came with receipts showing where he broke off um, the management agreement with Scooter Braun. So, all of this is to say the music industry right now is being shaped into a civil war. Those that are pro-Scooter Braun, like Kanye West, um, Justin Bieber, Demi Lovato, Ariana Grande, even though, to her credit, Ariana Grande has not weighed in. Um, as of press time, Ariana Grande has not weighed in on um, on this whole matter. But, um, and then on the other side are people like uh, Helsley, um, Todrick Hall, um, Lady Gaga, 
in a bunch more heavyweights that are saying, hey, not cool, man. And it seems like if you're, if you're not a client of Scooter's, or if you're not in business with Scooter, you don't really care for him very much. If you are, then you very much do. Um, and I don't know, I guess that's the same with all business, but there's something about Scooter Braun where it really seems like, um, there's something missing. And I don't know if that something is, um, you know, just more of the story where we, we need to know, um, why he wanted the why he wanted Big Machine Records, or um, if we need to find out why Taylor Swift walked allegedly walked away from her master recordings. Now, we're going to get to that part of the story later on in the show, but for right now, I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. And as I mentioned in the last segment, um, the Taylor Swift... Um, story is really branching out into a civil war within the music industry. Um, and to that end, um, Emma Portner, who is married to Ellen Page, is slamming Justin Bieber. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk about Justin Bieber. Justin, um, I believe we mentioned in the segment last night, or in, in the yesterday segment, Justin took to... Uh, social media and defended Scooter Braun basically saying that this was Taylor's way of trying to play the perpetual victim and that um, Scooter has always had nice things to say about her despite the fact that many people have said that that's not true Um, Todrick Hall being one uh, one of those people um so, and Justin was like, you're just, you, you know, basically, you're just trying to get away with something. You're just trying to do something here. So, um, as far as that goes, Justin Bieber is always going to take his manager's side. He's always going to take the dude's side. I think we know that. I think... Um, if we don't know that, then we definitely need to examine why we don't know that. But, moreover, Emma Portner, who worked with Justin Bieber in his 2016 tour, um, Purpose Tour, is saying, hey, 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 not only are you a misogynist, but you took and took and took for me, and you didn't really pay me all that well. In her own words, here's what Emma had to say. I regret working under your name. I gave your universe my naive body, creativity, time, and effort. Twice. For content you made millions of, while I made zilch. Emma went on to say, I couldn't afford to eat. I was sweeping studio floors to be able to practice my own craft. The way you degrade women is an abomination. Now, again, Justin Bieber is a well-known misogynist. Um, I can't imagine anyone not knowing this about him. Um, 
the way he went through girlfriends, the way he went in, and um, just the way he treats women overall. Um, rumor has it that um, the last set of naked pictures he had taken, um, his female companion actually had no idea. And he set it up because he really liked the attention he got when people saw his dick for the first time. And figured that his fans and um, other people would eat up even more naked pictures of him. And if, if his girl, if his female companion got caught in the buff, that was her problem, not his. He has never actually commented on the naked pictures that we're taking of him, so that's kind of interesting, too. Um, he's been accused outright of setting it up, and he's not denied it, which tells me that he probably did, he probably did set everything up. Um, and one person said he was so sick of being called a lesbian that he wanted people to see that he actually has a penis. And that he is definitely not a girl. Again, I don't know... He's, he's not commented either way, and that's only coming from sources. So for this... For right now, we're just going to have to take them at the word. We know Orlando Bloom um, didn't care when his pictures were taken. And again, there was a, a bit of a rivalry between um, Justin Bieber and Orlando Bloom. Um, but more, more to that, um, more from Emma, she's also going after Hillsong Church. Now, Will and I are working on an expose of Wilson, uh, Hillsong Church, excuse me, um, because I actually attended a few of those meetings, and I've seen firsthand what they do. Um, but for now, here's what Emma says about Hillsong. Uh, she says, your company hired an out lesbian in your music video and to choreograph some content for your Purpose World Tour. How do you feel about that? A lesbian helping you for a disrespectful amount of money as you attend a church that goes against my very existence. Hillsong, of course, denies being anti-LGBTQ. They're lying. They are lying. Period. And I'm going to end the segment with that. I just want to re- reiterate, Hillsong Church is anti-gay. They are homophobic and they are horrible. And I'll be right back. And I'm back. And as we continue to talk about the civil war that's brewing within the music industry, um, we have to turn our attention to Demi Lovato. Now, we all know Demi Lovato um, last year was a constant, made constant appearances on the show um, due to her overdose and... Um, everything that led up to that story. Um, in fact, the Demi Lovato Full Report remains one of the most listened to episodes um, of, of the show. Uh, and it's not surprising. Demi Lovato has a lot of fans. Um, and she certainly seems to be a very sweet girl. But she also seems to be very troubled. And she seems to align herself with uh, men, especially who... Don't always have her best interests at heart. That being said, um, she is lining herself up 
against Taylor Swift, um, and with, against Taylor Swift and with her manager Scooter Braun. Now, this is not as surprising as some people are making it out to be. Of course, Demi Lovato is going to side with the man who works with her. Of course, she's going to she's going to go with the, where the money is. She would be dumb not to. And as far as the music rights goes, um, there seems to be a little bit of an imbalance here. Um, because I have not found where she actually defended Scooter in that respect. She did, she did try to ease up on the claims of homophobia. Here's what she said to um, Todrick Holt via Instagram. Hey, boo, I don't know you or anything, and this isn't hey, but making claims that someone is homophobic is really serious. Please don't spread information that isn't true, because I guarantee you Scooter, Scooter isn't. As a member of the LGBTQ plus community, myself, he wouldn't assign me if he was. No hate, just trying to clear that up. Um, Todrick Hall, for his part, said that Demi cannot compare her experience to his, especially with someone he was with for six years and she's only just signed with. So, but how does this fall into the Taylor Swift? I mean, outside of the obvious where um, she is... Um, where she is defending Scooter Braun. Well, Taylor allegedly has blocked music from Justin Bieber um, and Demi Lovato from playing on her Spotify list. I There's no way to verify that this is true or false um, outside of honest just guessing. Uh, and that's all we have right now is just guessing. It would seem, it would appear as though um, it were true. But again, there, there's no way to verify this. Um, and for all, all we know, um, Justin Bieber and Demi Lovato were never on the playlist anyway. If, if in fact this is true, um, what would this mean? Well, nothing really. They can get mad. Um, they can accuse Taylor of all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, um, the Taylor Swift um, playlist or whatever you want to call it is literally just like drunk gossip. You know, I decide what I talk about or I decide what airs on this show. I should say, Will and I. Uh, but there's really no way that someone can come to me and say, hey, you're not talking about Cardi B, or hey, you don't talk enough about the housewives. You need to, you need to do that more. And the reason why I don't, as I've talked about many, many, many times, is because I, don't, I frankly don't like them. Um, they're not my cup of tea, so to speak. And I think... I think the same thing could be said um, for... 
for Taylor Swift and Demi Lovato. Oh, come on. Come on, Mer. I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And we're talking today about the civil war that's brewing within the musical industry. Music industry. Damn it, why do I keep saying musical? Um, we're talking about the civil war that's brewing within the music industry. Um, due to Taylor Swift saying that um, Scooter Braun bought Big, Big Machine Records in order to own her, her masters, her, the rights to her songs. And here's the thing. Uh, I'm not saying that he that was his motivation, okay? But one of the things that I realized early on in my career was that owning the rights to whatever creative work I put out is very, very important. Um, I'm trying to remember... I, I, I don't remember the exact situation, or... But there was a movie that was made that was based on um, a best-selling book. I think it was, I think I'm pretty sure it was a John Grisham thing. Um, I think if I if I'm remembering correctly, it was The Rainmaker. The Rainmaker completely changed the storyline, and really all they did was take the character name and the title. And everything else was completely different. And John Christian was pissed. And he kept complaining, kept complaining, kept complaining. But ultimately, there was nothing he could do about it because he had sold the rights. So that was kind of my first tip off. And then, um, and I talked about this in the previous episode. Where I wrote what I thought was a blog post for a client. And, I mean, and to be fair, the client paid me decently for, for the work I did. But it ended up in Men's Health Magazine. Now, I had no right to be angry about it because I gave away the rights. But as soon as I saw that, I changed the way I do business. I no longer sign away my rights. If you want me to sign away my rights, you have to pay me extra for that now. Because I want part of that. You know, I and that's the reason why I've gone the indie route, because you know, if if my book sells to a movie studio, I wanna have a say. And who gets it? I wanna have a say in how it's done. Now, that's not always going to be the case, of course. Uh, you know, and I realize that by going the indie route, I'm significantly lowering my money prospects. How significantly are we talking? I, that's such a gamble, especially in the creative community. You know, and if you were like in your marketing and you went. Um, indie with marketing, you could say, okay, in a, in a, in a firm, I could probably make 150, but on my own, I'm probably only going to make 100. Um, 
But with with writing or books, it's so much harder to tell because you you genuinely never know. Um, you know, look at The Martian. That was self-published to begin with. And he was selling tens of thousands of copies. Of course, um, once he sold so many, a traditional publisher came in, offered him a lot of money, and he ended up selling hundreds of thousands of copies. Because they do have the the power. They have a team of marketers. They have um, the distribution channels to make it happen. But... The reverse is also true. It, you know, look at Kathy Griffin. She was one of the most successful comics around. Um, she went from... Goodness. Um, she she had a special on Bravo at least once or twice a year. Um, she had a successful reality show. She had... Um, books galore. And ultimately, um, after the beheading scandal, the the beheaded picture scandal, it all disappeared. But what Kathy did that I think is brilliant, and Jackie Collins did the same thing, um, and I, Kathy may have actually gotten the idea from Jackie Collins, is she bought up all the rights to everything. Since it was so depreciated because of the scandal, uh, she she bought up all the rights to everything she's ever done. And voila, she now owns the rights and is breaking in hundreds if not millions of dollars every year because of it. So, and, and, you know, a lot of people don't know this about Jackie Collins, but, of course, Jackie was traditionally published. But a few years before her death, she, um, she saw something online about one of her books, and she's like, wait a minute, I didn't sign off on this. And so she, she started looking into it. And she was like, hey, you never paid me for this. And they're like, oh, we own the rights. Well, it turned out they didn't own the digital rights because when she signed her contract, there was nothing in there that gave them exclusive rights or all rights. So she successfully sued the publisher, took back her digital rights, and self-published. And when I met her... She was telling us how her self-published books were raking in more money than the other books. Because she had full control. She had control over pricing. She had control over everything. And what she would do is she would leverage the books that she owned the digital rights to um, in order to help um, promote her new book. Which was brilliant. So that was one way she milked the system. 
as you know with Taylor Swift, I'm thinking. You know, we're gonna hear more about this in the next segment, but I'm thinking. Either she just needs to focus on owning the masters that she. She owns right now. Talk to her. She could talk to her new label, and see if the new label will buy the rights. Although she's gonna end up in the in the same situation. Or you know, Taylor Swift has the name recognition and the money. She could go the indie route, and put out just start making music for herself, you know, and and still raking millions and millions and millions of dollars. But I guess we're gonna have to wait and see on that. And you guys are gonna have to give me a second to rest my voice, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, all this episode we've been talking about the civil war between... That's um, breaking out in the music industry. Ooh, I got it right! Woo! Um, we've been talking about the civil war that's breaking out in the music industry um, because of Taylor Swift's Tumblr blog post on Sunday uh, in which she alleges that um, former the owner of the former label, Scott Berman sold Big Machine Records to her arch enemy, who I didn't know was her arch enemy. I don't think anyone did. Scooter Braun. She alleges that Scooter has bullied her, um, and she offered up offered up evidence of Justin Bieber and Kanye West and Scooter on a three-way FaceTime phone call um, in which Justin Bieber captioned it. Uh, what up, Taylor or what's happening now, or what up now, Taylor Swift. Um, and so, and now people are taking her side, Miley Cyrus, um, Lady Gaga, Madonna, a lot of heavyweights are siding with Taylor Swift on this, saying, hey, this is not cool. She should own her master. She, you know, she she worked hard on this. It's her creation, her art. What are you doing? Conversely, um, there are some people like Justin Bieber, Kanye West, um, Demi Lovato, who are saying, hey, Scooter's a good dude. He likes you. Why aren't you working with him? You know, maybe if you guys work together, something peaceful could come out. Now, notice that uh, they're saying that he, that he didn't bully her and that he likes her. But they're not offering up any evidence of this, which I find very interesting. Um, page six over the last couple of days, has decided to side with Scooter Braun. Um, they've alleged that Taylor Swift ghosted Scooter. Um, he wanted to reach out and try to settle this whole thing peacefully. Um, but she has not answered his calls and whatever. Here's the thing. She literally said in her post that the only time... That Scooter Braun's name has ever left her lips as if she was crying or getting ready to cry. 
because of something he did. Of course she's not going to answer the damn phone for someone who is bullying her. Or for someone who she feels is bullying her. Let, you know, for, for just a second, let's, let's just say that he's not actually bullying her. Let's just pretend for a second that he is, you know, this nice dude who has nothing but positive things to say about Taylor Swift. First of all, that person doesn't exist. I have to say that because I'm contractually obligated to Mandy to say it. Um, Mandy is pulling out her hair right now with as much as I've been defending Taylor Swift. I'm telling you that, guys. I am surprised I have not got a text message or a voice message screaming at me for defending Taylor Swift in this matter. Um, Anyways, moving on. Um... But let's say he, he he's only said nice things about Taylor Swift. Which would be fabulous. There is something that he did. Or something that he, she feels he did. That needs to be addressed. I would not contact someone who was bullying me. I would not say, oh, hey... Yeah, you just bought my life's work after tormenting me for years and years and years. But yeah, let's go ahead and speak. Let's 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 go let's go ahead and do this. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense and I don't think that she should be expected to do this. And there's another layer to this as well. Well, yes, I understand that she put herself out there. And I understand that she most definitely uh, has um, put herself in a vulnerable position of having to deal with this um, this situation because she addressed it head on. I, Scooter Braun should not be trying to talk to Taylor Swift directly. She has a manager. She has an agent. That's who he needs to be talking to. You know, the whole thing is... Um, why is he trying to talk to her directly? Why is he... Trying to negotiate with her... When he knows she has representation? Even if... Let's... Again, let's play devil's advocate for one second here. Let's say she doesn't have a manager. Or her manager is avoiding his calls. Talk to her attorney. We all know she has an attorney because she fucking sued journalists who said... I I forgot what they did. Oh, songwriters. I'm sorry. She countersued songwriters who claimed that she stole their song Shake It Off. She sued a DJ... For grabbing her ass. For one dollar. The bitch sued the DJ for one freaking dollar. Okay? Her lawyer fees were a hundred thousand times that amount of money. And then she had to turn over 33 cents to them. Because she won the damn dollar. So, you know she has an attorney. You know her attorney is a shark. That's why you don't want to... That's why Scooter Braun doesn't want to talk to the attorney. 
That right there is why he is going, trying to go to Taylor Swift herself. Except what he doesn't realize is Taylor Swift herself is a shark. She brought Apple down to their knees. She pulled her songs from Apple Music and Spotify because they weren't paying the artists um, during the free period. And Spotify wasn't paying them enough, I believe. So she pulled her damn music. And she only released the music back to the streaming services after they gave her what she wanted. Of course, in that case, again, she was standing up for everyone. But that is the power of Taylor Swift. That is how influential and powerful she is in the musical in the music industry. Do not underestimate her. Because when you do, that's when you end up in a civil war where you really have no chance of winning. Scooter Braun, think about this. Ariana Grande congratulated you on the purchase of Big Machine Records and then deleted it from Instagram the minute she realized what was happening. That was Ariana's way of taking a stand. That was Ariana's way of saying, "Mm, fuck you, I have to stand with Taylor now. So, that's going to do it for today. I did not realize we were going to do a, the whole episode around Taylor Swift, but we did, so there we go. <laughs> Thank you all for listening so much, and until next time, cheers.